This is Unbroken, healing through storytelling. Just to let you know, we have a vodcast on YouTube where you can watch the edited highlights of the episode. And don't forget to subscribe. If you fancy the full audio version, symbols, just keep listening. Oh, and if you've got a second, please give us five stars and a review. It really helps us stand out and get this important message to even more people that need to hear it the most. Meantime, enjoy today's episode. My guest today is Beverly Densham. She is a mindfulness Pilates teacher of 24 years and an author. She graduated from the University of Brighton with a degree in sports science and became a Pilates teacher. Two near-death experiences and divorce guided her to heal and inspire others with her Mindfulness Pilates Zoom studio. She created a Mindfulness Pilates podcast and the founder of the Happy Kids Cards and Happy and Calm Cards to help you live happily ever after. Unbroken, you've become a shining diamond, a shining light, a beacon of hope, and perhaps an inspiration. In the end, I called the police and social services took me and my three-year-old son away from the family home. There are so many levels of it, but the effect it has on any level is terrific. Just to become yourself again is a truly wonderful thing. So welcome, Beverly. I know you like being called Bev as well. Welcome to the show. How lovely to have you on. How are you doing today? Yeah, very, very good. I've been teaching all morning and I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, it's an absolute pleasure. So if you have been listening to the show, you will know that the very first question I ask all of my guests is, what does the word unbroken mean to you? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because before I discovered you and your podcast and read your book, it's not really a word I was familiar with. So I felt I had to sit there with my heart and soul and have a really good think about the word unbroken and for me it means you were broken and destroyed in some way from your life or work or circumstances or trauma Mm -hmm. and it's torn you apart and but what you've done is you've broken the cycle you found the healing tools to recover be brave and be better than you've ever been before And you've become unbroken. You've become a shining diamond, a shining light, a beacon of hope, and perhaps an inspiration for you too to become an inspirational inspiration, knowing (laughs) it's going to be okay. And eventually you can have a voice to express how you feel, say what's wrong, ask for the help that you need, and that there is always a solution, although the solution may not be immediate. Well, as you know, everybody always gives me a very, very different um, idea of that word. But yeah, to be broken, but then to be better is, is just sums up really, doesn't it? So we're interested to hear how you have got to that place because you have overcome, it's fair to say, a lot of challenges in your life. Um, you say that you, the sparkle is back in your life and in business. But I guess when I'm thinking of you, the first one is really you had a big road traffic accident when you lived in Australia, didn't you? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, when I, I was, I, I did my sports science degree at University of Brighton, and then I worked for a year to save up to travel around the world. And I, and I went traveling around the world for a year and a half. And when I was working and living in Australia, I was in Cairns at the time. And I, I think I had three jobs a day at one point. Anyway, I was cycling, which was just ridiculous. But anyway, on my morning job, <laughs> it was quite an early start. The roads, roads are very quiet. It's about six in the morning and I was cycling to work, pretty quiet as usual. Mm-hmm. And kind of just out of the blue, um, 
I was hit by a car and I remember a bit, I remember so much about it. Something that was very fortunate at the time was I had a helmet on. They were very hot on recommending, you were fined if you didn't wear a helmet there basically. And they they told me when I got my bike there, you know, you've got to wear a helmet. You're going to be fined if you don't wear a helmet. Anyway, you're kind of at six in the morning. You don't think you must wear a helmet. But, uh, you know, I, I, wear, I wore a helmet every day. And I always, I always have since. And this car, this car hit me. And my, the first impact was my head. Uh, thankfully, it was the helmet smashing the windscreen. And then my wrist shattered on the bonnet. And... Um, I don't know. I have, I have no idea how many fractures, but multiple fractures. And then I landed on my back on the road and the wrist, the wrist was. Yeah, it had to be operated on. I just remember lying on the road and I just couldn't move. I was like this motionless. I, I was just the most still I've ever been, I think. I, I just was just lying there. I guess it must be many things, really. I guess it's the injuries, but also the complete shock of what you've just been through. Yeah, I suppose so. I I remember lying there. I don't know if I went unconscious. I don't I don't know whether I went unconscious, but then I started to breathe, realize I was breathing, and <laughs> um, and I was I was like really struggling to breathe, and I just remember being put on a, a stretcher with a thing on my um, neck and ending up being wheeled into the hospital and it, I kind of don't remember all of it now but I remember the agony the physical agony I do remember the physical agony and I suppose also it's um, just being um, all those miles away and no close family there and and, and having an op- you know having to have an operation I had plates and screws put into my arm <clears throat> to help mend the arm and the fractures because it was really severe and but it wasn't just the physical, it was... What it did to you afterwards. It was, yeah, the post-traumatic stress was quite severe, um, depression after that, and um, panic attacks, um, which is all to do with, you know, I suppose the trauma of, of the accident, really. Because the panic attacks is really our mind kind of reliving it when we're not settled with something that's happened. That's really part of the PTSD, isn't it? We get triggered and the panic comes in. But I know you say you were all alone and you were on the other side of the world from your family, but you do believe that you were cushioned by angels during your accident, don't you? Yeah, well, that's something, yeah, that's something I've kind of, I've sort of realised sort of in hindsight that I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, I mean, you know, obviously if you haven't got a helmet on, you know, you don't know what would have happened to your head and head injuries if 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 you hadn't have had that but from an angelic perspective I didn't think so much at the time but I I wanted I didn't realize I was being spoken to when I say spoken to as in words coming into your head that aren't your own words they're coming from somewhere else <laughs> um that was happening before the accident and the two words I I I got before the act I, so I do believe I was cushioned by angels at that time but that realization didn't come to me till afterwards when I saw it in a sort of um, vision I suppose and what were the two words that you kept hearing the words I had before the accident not on that exact day but mm-hmm. many times because I was working these three jobs I was you know it's all too much um was slow down 
And I remember this job I was going to. That's one way of making you slow down, really, isn't it? Yeah, and this one job I went, yeah, well, I can't don't wish it on anyone. Um, there are worse things than this, though, much worse than things. This is nothing compared to some of the things I've been through. But um, I think physical pain is much easier to deal with than other, than other pains. But anyway, um, by the by, the slow down message, you know, I worked at this hostel uh, running the cafe. But, you know, when you're doing it all on your own and you're doing everything. And I was like, sometimes I'd be running in there and I just have this voice in my head but it wasn't me telling myself so don't I carried on running around the cafe <laughs> because there's so much to do it's too much for one person but this slow down message meant a lot more than that yeah yeah but after that you really found Pilates didn't you you kind of used it to heal yourself and you went on to set up your studio which you had for 15 16 years yeah so I had two Pilates studios in Hertfordshire for 16 years and um I was thinking like afterwards, what on earth am I going to do for a living? <laughs> um, and yeah, really helped, really helped with the rehabilitation. I think because of, of Pilates, there's so much to think about. You know, mm -hmm. it really helps you switch off. Um, you're obviously doing something with your body. It helped the physical, but also the mental rehabilitation. I was like, wow, this really is powerful stuff. And I wanted to help other people with this as well. And that's that. Yeah. And I think right from the beginning, you know, there's a lot of people who have come to me, have been through some of them might be through accidents. Um, a lot of people coming through a pain or some sort of physical pain. Most people don't admit they're coming because of stress or something else. It's always a bonus when it helps mm -hmm. with this and that and this and that. And that always excites me because I know it's way deeper than that. And the way I teach it is yeah, a lot more than bog standard pilates if you want kind of, standard pilates don't come to me <laughs> but it is kind of linked though isn't it our mind and our body very linked we think we're holding linked. on to a pain because it's a physical thing but often it can be something that we're literally holding on to yeah it, it, i yeah I'm a, I'm a great believer that it's often a combination of two and i i know one year I had spinal injections in my own spine because of having had you know so many back problems and something called spinal stenosis and disc problems that a lot of people I see and help have I did as well it helps you if you've un if you've been through it it helps you understand and I think you can help more but do I believe that those spinal injections were necessary for me no because I was going through a traumatic divorce so you know I believe if um that, you know, I, I I hadn't, that went into my back, I believe. Okay. So yes, there's X, Y, and Z damage, but you if that could have been managed by many other things and the Pilates, I don't think those final injections were, were necessary. Mm -hmm. They didn't help. Yeah. So you mentioned your divorce, and I know you're, you're fine to talk about that you experienced domestic abuse within that marriage, didn't you? I did. And, and I suppose now it's a bit like when I read your book, you know, it's, it's a relief when you get to a point where it's like a nightmare. But it did happen. But it's like a nightmare that you're now not living anymore. Thank goodness. But yes, yeah, so for me, the, the domestic abuse was the psychological, emotional abuse. But then there was a lot. It was sort of very nasty and violent around me. Um, in the end, I called the police and social services took me and my three-year-old son away from the family home. And, you know, when you're living in a home where somebody's completely smashed up a kitchen to smithereens and there's like glass stuck in the wall and 
half the back door of its double pane doors like shattered in one of their angry rages. It's, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, eventually you re- you know the sort of Jackal and Hyde personalities. You know, for a long time you might think that they they convince you they're going to change, or you stupidly change to think that something eventually will be enough or you've given these wedding vows by the way everyone <laughs> don't stay in it it's just because you think you've got to stay Absolutely. in marriage forever um yeah it's it's a it was a very dark long period but the aftermath of it even once you you know they recommended we went to a refuge but we actually went to my parents mm-hmm. to to live but yeah um yeah it takes a while to recover um from, you say it took yeah. a long time to heal didn't it yeah it can take a long time to heal yeah and I, I worked at a women's aid group for about 14 yes. years before I trained as a therapist and you know people would say but he doesn't hit me he's not violent with me but I think seeing somebody smash up a place putting you in a place of fear is just as frightening as whether they hit you or not so and people always used to excuse it it's just uh, it's just mental abuse it doesn't actually harm me but it's abuse is on so many levels isn't it yeah it is and there that there can also you know, there can also be you know other violence around you as well that you're witnessing and and it's 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 not accept you know it's 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 not acceptable i think your self esteem and your living in fear of what they might do to you if you eventually you wake up and you realize that this is actually getting more worse and worse and worse and worse I mean I could say well okay we're we are you know one of the lucky ones that we survived it because you don't actually know how bad it's going to get in the end and you know I I witnessed that you know at my Pilates studios one of my Pilates teachers you know she was actually murdered so you know there are so many levels of it but the effect it has on any level is horrific yeah well they do say statistically that two women every week will die at the hands of a partner or ex-partner due to domestic abuse so it is a unfortunately statistic that's still not changed from all the years ago when I worked but even before you fled with your little boy you nearly died anyway didn't you giving birth to him because you had preeclampsia and that was quite a struggle as well wasn't it yeah well Nothing in comparison to domestic abuse, I must say. No, but, I you, have you... To, uh, but it was, you know, um, I don't know what should I say about that. Um, well, you say there was a, a tiny thread between the veils of the physical and the spiritual world, and you had to survive really to protect your son and to give yes, others exactly. a purpose. So even though you say, yes, it wasn't as bad, that was quite a profound thing that I read about you. Well, you say yes, about that did. experience. Well, yes. I, yeah, I had to stay for my son. Um yeah, we, I, I nearly died. My son went into special, I went into high dependency. I, I nearly gave birth to him. Um, well, actually, I, yeah, I was right at the very last bit. Um, had to have, I had a preeclamptic fit with the preeclampsia. Um, it was just, I don't know, I've never known pain on that scale before. Uh, right from the first second, it was ex- the most extreme thing. It never, it never, a lot of people say it goes in waves. It didn't go in any waves. And in the end, my body exploded and had the fit. And I looked like, I was about to say I looked like a pig, but I, I, I had just doubled yeah. in size. I, you know, the swelling was enormous. Um, but once I 
I don't know. I, I did at the very end. I just went unconscious and obviously the crash team came in. I, I don't know where I was at that point. Who knows where I was at that point? They, they um, thank you that, you know, they did revive us. And um, I don't remember seeing most people have this wonderful little moment of seeing their child for the first time. I have no idea when I saw my son for the first time. But what I do remember is my sister. I hadn't seen my, um, yeah, after that point, I saw my sister for one of the last times for many years because of the isolation of the domestic abuse. Anyway, she did come and see me in the hospital in the middle of the night, I think. Um, and I was like, is he alive? I didn't know whether he was alive or dead. Um, and she showed me a photo. I might get emotional here. <laughs> Oh, he's so sweet. Um, I was just like, so um, I was just, <laughs> I was just so happy to know my, my, like my son was alive. I saw this little photo of him because he was in special care. Um, so he wasn't there. And she showed me this photo and he had a little, um, I saw this lovely little baby, my baby boy <laughs> in a photo for the first time. I, had, I love him so much. I love you so much, Sammy. Oh um, I'm a mum and a dad. And, you know, so you have your double parent. Um, he had this little had this little blue hat on and and I was just like oh my god he's alive and then I don't remember anything again and I don't remember when I actually physically saw him for the first time so that's um, a, that's some way to find out that your child had actually survived just by a little photo from your sister yeah and then the tragedy after that is that it was be you know it's it just wonderful because obviously I've kind of been in this unconscious state and I've come around fleetingly I don't know um I have to ask my sister I, I haven't asked her so much I know she came and then and then um I was I was turned against the people I love the most I was turned against you know um, by your ex-husband by the ex and, and that's a very very common um common trait of abusers they will isolate you because they don't want yeah. people to influence you in any way to show them what, what you're going through so so many women are so isolated by the time they used to come to our advice center as well it's yeah so common yeah and I'd like to say thank you to women's day because I actually rang I actually rang the thing that helped me most after the road traffic accident um I they did send me to a psychologist to help with the post-traumatic stress mm -hmm. and everything and I had cognitive behavioral therapy but the, which of course is you know very good tools you know in relation to the thinking and the thought patterns and all of that however the thing that really helped me was Brandon Bay's journey therapy and when it had gone to rock bottom I'd called this Brandon Bay's journey therapy practitioner to tell her what had happened which I'm not sh sharing all of it here on the podcast but she said um ring parent line I think it's parent, something like parent line they told me to ring women's aid women's aid when I spoke to them they were like call the police okay. I called the police and that's when social services turned up I was you know so terrified what was happening anyways I'm so glad they they escorted us out the building so I'm Absolutely. so happy but I don't know yeah I just wanted to sort of say that really yeah they are a lifeline for people and we know also Thankfully, we're coming out of lockdown and Corona times. But for many, many women that were trapped in those situations, my heart really went out to them because so many services just went onto Zoom and they were no longer face to face. So it's it's been a tough few years for a lot of women that have been in that situation. And that's very difficult because you've got to be very careful because you're being followed in every way in the end. So you've got to be very, very careful about doing anything. 
And if you, by the way, if anyone ends up with only two chairs in your house, you are in trouble. When I say that, you know, you're isolated so much like I didn't see my sister for, and one of my brothers for two, three years, actually, and my mum and dad for two years. And they're the people I love the most. So you see... There was only two chairs left because he had destroyed all the rest of the furniture or had given um, it away? Removed, removed, removed. So, you know, like no one is welcome. <laughs> or only people who, you know, it's fleeting. And, and how? Or did... it's an act. It's Mr. It's a charming act. And how did you recover from those those years? Yeah, how I recovered was leaving. <laughs> Number one, asking for help. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness Pilates is a godsend, both teaching it and doing it. Having a morning routine, uh, definitely had some therapy counselling type things. And, yeah, moving away, just making a fresh start, moving to my happy place, living by the sea. Um, also moving my work yeah, to another county as much as a beautiful job I did there it was this it's such a dark tangled web mm-hmm. of um a lot of people are brainwashed into thinking what they're showing on the surface they're not seeing what's behind closed doors and how people are behaving in different circumstances so making a fresh start um it's just being so light and bright but also I suppose I discovered my spiritual side and designing my design flair came out and I created happy kids cards mm-hmm. for children I created affirmations for teenagers and adults I created everything from writing books to yeah just like just to just to become yourself again is a truly wonderful yeah. thing and meditation it's... and loads of different tools and the joy of nature and walking and gratitude and angel cards and affirmation cards all these things I love to do myself. It sounds as if that he almost squashed you down so much that he'd put you asleep and now you've woken up. Yeah, it's like how I describe it. It's like you are a cigarette that's been stamped out. Mm -hmm. Even more so, it's like like in Harry Potter. It's like a Dementor has sucked your soul out of your body that you are just a shadow of yourself. And so... Yeah, it's a real rock bottom, very broken to like, actually, you know, you can shine like a diamond again and you can, you you can turn things around and live happily ever after. Okay, life's like the waves of the sea with the good, challenging, sad times of life. But with all these tools, you know, with, you know, all the things I teach and all the things I love to do, you know, it can make such a difference, such a difference. Absolutely. And I know you're passionate to help other people have their voice because at one point your vocal cords were paralyzed weren't they yeah half half the vocal cords paralyzed there was a large growth on my thyroid and they thought I'd have to have an operation they thought it might be cancer anyway I did all the checks I had to be very quiet (laughs) had to take time off work months of work and um anyway it didn't come up back as cancerous I was like determined to heal myself in that time I wrote my happy kids cards for children I'm going to pick one now and when I went back for the camera to see you know what was going on with the vocal cords um they, they'd never seen it before it had all healed wow and I believe I believe 
that it forced me to write something that healed my voice, healed my past, because I believe that there are many people like me out there who you might, someone listening might relate to this, that you might have been a shy child, you might have been a sensitive child, you might, you, you might have had a really happy childhood like I did. You know, I was really blessed to have a very happy childhood, idyllic holidays here in Dorset with, you know, it's just like the best times ever to me yet you can't express how you feel so creating these little happy kids cards mm -hmm. it's like it gave me a voice I, I created a tool in my illness this ease whatever you want to call it of the, the the vocal cords paralyzing it's like I created something that would help you express how you feel whether you're four years old whether you're you know teenager whether you're an adult and you know allow that allow that to happen so that you can have conversations you can ask for help you can have a voice in life and actually I believe you know if I'd had these tools from a younger age would have the past been different I think the past would have been a lot different there, there wouldn't have been a little bit of mild bullying at primary school and then a little bit more at senior and then at university severe and then ex-husband off the scale but if you had read somebody else's cards at primary school, you'd have never written your own. Well, no. Sometimes people go through these nasty little journeys. Well, not little. Nasty, nasty, traumatic journeys. I, I, am, a, I am a believer. I'm, I mean, I feel I'm hoping, Madeline, that you or you listening or the Louise Hayes of the world or the Beverly Dungeons of the world, some of us, I feel, for me anyway, I don't know whether you listen because, you know, at home can listen, you know, relate to this. Some of us have been through it because we're destined to really have a voice to help others with Absolutely. these nasty, difficult, traumatic situations, to help with the tools in the recovery. So I am a kind of, a, a, unfortunately, some of us have had to go through it to experience it, to have a very deep understanding and empathy that we can then help with it, you know, professionally in our work equally. And I think in the next generations, I feel it can lessen and lessen and lessen. Yeah, I think we've walked through the fire and we can show other people that you can walk through fire and survive and have an amazing life. I think people make yeah. a lot of assumptions if you've been through huge traumas that you'll never recover, but you are a shining light and showing people that actually, yeah, you not just healed yourself, you want to heal others. So yeah. it's beautiful. So what was the card that you just picked? You're going to read it yes. out to us? Yes. Well, the card I just picked was I enjoy happy dreams. Bedtime is a relaxing, happy time. I sleep well. Oh, nice. And sleep is so, so important, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people distract themselves. They keep themselves busy in the daytime. And when they get to bed, sometimes it's hard to switch their head off. Everything, you know, they can't do the distraction or the games that they play and all their worries, you know, spin around in their mind. So it's, it's hard sometimes to get a really healthy sleep pattern, isn't it? Well, I think you can when you've, you've got things sorted. But yes. prior to that, then it's about obviously finding all the help that you need yeah. to, you know, to get the sleep settled, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I recently read your book. It's very quick and easy to read. I talked to angels and I had a very profound moment with it, didn't I? Which I shared with you. you. So it is, it's really, it's a beautiful book. It's very quick to read. And it's really about, to me, it says to me, it's about connecting in to listening, to paying attention to actually what is around us all the time. And 
my girls do this quite a lot. Uh, we have an auntie, a great auntie, who never had kids, and she passed away in COVID. Every day, that mum, look, here's a feather. Here's Auntie Jerry. She's come back. And every day we would see one in the most random of places. So I was reading your book. I put it down in this little office where I'm sitting now. No windows, nothing. And I go to pick it up and there's a white feather sitting on top of your book. It was like, what a beautiful sign. It was just, it just kind of blew me away and I had to share the photo of you. So when you say you talk to angels, can you describe it or speak a little bit about your book? Yeah, I'm really proud of my book. It feels to me, um, yeah, it's a book from the soul. I mean, it's, it's like a little Wimbledon trophy. The cover's so beautiful. It's all mm-hmm. gold angel wings glistening. It's just, it's such a pro- proud moment being asked to write this book. Um, I wrote it standing up walking at the beach in Dorset. So I'd walk and then I'd stand with my pad and paper and I hand wrote mm-hmm. this thing. <laughs> um, so thank you, Caroline, my publisher, and um, Janie Lee Grace, um, who recommended me to the publisher. And they they asked me to write this book and it's to help people connect with angels, you know, and, you know, whether you, whether you believe in angels or not, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't at all in, you know, um, a long time ago, I, I just enjoyed Robbie Williams angel song. That was it. But then I, and then I had a few rock bottoms and then I had a spiritual awakening. And, and so this book really is a self-help book to help you during good, challenging, sad times of life. And, the nicest way to use it. It's got lots of tips and tools and meditations. And yeah, you can learn to connect with angels or you can just use it for a t- as a tip of the day. Mm-hmm. You can just like either pick a page number or you can read it from cover to cover is nice, but then you can just, you know, you know, pick a page and read a page for that day, which will give you incredible tips and guidance for the day or an exercise to do. Or you can do a bit of coloring or you can journal with it, either just journal from your heart and soul, or you can actually journal with your guardian angel. So it can help you get to know your guardian angel if you're inspired to. <laughs> and it's interesting because I think a lot of people might think, oh, I don't have a guardian angel, but yet they go, oh, look, there's there's a penny on the ground. Somebody's thinking about me. So they, they do all these things, even though they then dismiss it. So there, there is a belief system there. And I think we're not encouraged in this world to... Uh, you know, mainstream to believe in these things. People shut us down, but we get more and more evidence, don't we, that there's definitely things going on around out there. Yeah, I mean, that was very, you having that further moment was very profound. I mean, yeah. it's very profound. You know, that can, that can be a loved one or from an angelic perspective, it can be an angel. They can move things. So mm-hmm. they want to put a feather somewhere. They will put a feather somewhere. When you like the windows were shut, there was no feather there. There's no windows. Or, no windows where, in this room. Oh, like, like, where does that feather come from? And you're like, and it's like, wow, actually, you suddenly realize you've had this profound, they're not always profound, but that was a profound moment. I had a profound, I don't know whether you want me to share one profound moment. Sure, I we like a profound ago. moment. Well, when I just said, decided to say goodbye to my old Pilates studios and clients, it wasn't an easy decision. Um, but I had to I had to fly to live by the sea. <laughs> so here I am. Um, but at the, everything, my so I had a big studio. I had then there was an entrance. There was a little studio with the office next to it and the changing rooms. But there were like your office, the office there and the little studio didn't have any windows. So it doesn't sound too good. Does it? <laughs> didn't have any windows for that bit. Um, and it was all empty, all the bigger reformer equipment, all the mats, everything was out. It was completely empty. And I was just there with my mum and my um, my son. 
And my mum's like, look. She's like, look. I was like, what? <laughs> There's like this tiny little white feather. The only thing left there, apart from us and my handbag, was this little white feather on the floor. And I was like, wow, this feather moment. And I walked out of there knowing I didn't need to look back. And that it was telling me I was on the right path and to keep going. I didn't have to look back. I could just go. Well, I could fly over to the sea. That's a beautiful message. And um, well, really, we kind of run out of time now. The time just goes so quick. What uh, advice or wisdom would you like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Always have harmony in your home. Always ask for help. And with that, be very, very honest and say what is wrong. Tell people what is wrong. Even if you need to go to the doctor, a professional, someone external to a friend and family, say what's wrong. Because then you can find the solutions that you need. Then you can go on the self-care journey that you need. Some of that can be professional, of course. And definitely, definitely um, do, you know, with your self-care, definitely as well. With your, your plant, mindfulness Pilates, definitely pick a card every day because card for you on your own, card with a friend or family, card with your child or children because that is profoundly beneficial and magical to express how you feel. Thank you so much, Bev, for coming on the show and being the guest. It's been fabulous to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Unbroken. Healing through storytelling. If you haven't already, go on, download, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us get this important and life-changing message out to as many people as possible. There is already a selection of fantastic episodes to choose from and a brand new one coming soon. Unbroken. Healing through storytelling. Playing now on all the main platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher for Android, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and here. Play Unbroken, the podcast with Madeline Black.